God, how beautiful he is. He looks down and sees our hearts. He knows what's in there, what he's put there, and what he's wanting to put there. Um, Bless you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, Lord. I think Caleb's organising my picture, but just um, before I, I actually start into the word of God, the precious word, I'd just like to say today is a very special day for Carol and myself. It's our wedding anniversary today. Thank you, thank you. Um, 46 years ago today, Carol and myself were married here in this very church. Hallelujah, Lord. Uh, Jess' father was our um, pastor at the time and he was the marriage celebrant. Um, Alan Wills was a young pastor here in the church and he's got a church in Wangaratta. And Alan spoke um, during our service about how if we have Jesus as the captain of our ship, if we have Jesus in control of our lives, he will smooth out the storms and bring us safely to harbour. And during that period of time that I've been blessed with Carol, um, we've had a magnificent life together. We, we all have our ups and downs and different things that happen. But because Jesus was the captain of our ship, he kept us afloat, he kept us heading in the right direction and he put us in the right places at the right time. So thank you, Lord, for that. And there's just one little verse that I'd like to read before I... Oh, yes, there we are. <laughs> thanks, guys. Thanks for that. Um, it's from the Song of Solomon and it's a very special verse to Carol and myself. Um, because Carol, there's a song that we used to sing, um, it was a beautiful song called I Am the Rose of Sharon and it's from the Song of Solomon and Carol used it in her, in her wedding march as her wedding march. Uh, I won't sing the song <laughs> but yeah, that's a, that's a real blessing in itself Tim. <laughs> that's a real blessing. But um, this is Jesus speaking and he says, I am the Rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. As a lily among the thorns, so is my love among the daughters. As the apple tree among the trees of the wood, so is my beloved among the sons. I sat down under his shadow with great delight, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. So that was a beautiful, beautiful thing to um, to fall back on uh, and to um, see how precious Jesus is to us and um, he comforts us in so many ways and it's such a great comfort for us when we can sit down under his shadow um, because that's so precious because he gives us that protection and um, when, when we come against the enemy and the enemy's trying to do different things to us, it's so amazing that we can just call on Jesus and, and sit under his shadow, under his protection um, and so it's been a, a wonderful time, Dale. I'm looking to another 46 years with you. <laughs> but like that worship service this morning was just so beautiful, wasn't it? Um, talking about the greatness of God. And I, I just wanted to... Sh- um, a, a really dear friend of mine, Peter Lawrence, sent me this picture. Um, and when I saw it, I thought, wow, this is speaking so much to the greatness and the uh, awesomeness of the God that we love and serve. Yeah. Um, and I thought, wow, 
and the, the Lord spoke to me and I, I just felt that it was talking to me about his greatness, his magnificence um, because of who he is, because he's the creator. He created the heavens and the earth. He created us. It's just amazing when you look at it. And because God is who he is, he knows where we've got to be. And that's the earth down there. It's absolutely tiny. It's so tiny. And then we've got all these other planets um, from the sun in our solar system. This is the place that God knew where we needed to be. God has created lots of other solar systems and galaxies and things like that. But this is for us, his people, for the children that love him. So he knew right at the very beginning where we had to be in space, in time. Um, And the order of the planets in the solar system go um, Mercury, Venus, Earth, Mars, Jupiter, Saturn and Uranus. And um, Neptune, I thought, was a planet and I was looking and sometimes it gets included in our solar system and sometimes it doesn't. Um, But, yeah, uh, and because we're so tiny, from the Earth to the Sun, look at the size of the Sun. And that's talking to me about God, how great he is. Look at the size. We're we're just that tiny little speck down there. And that distance from us to the Sun is 151.86 million kilometres. And just think about that. That's the vastness of God's creation. This is the God we love and worship. This is the God who loves and wants to be with us. He wants to be in our hearts. He wants to be in our daily walk. And I I thought that was just so beautiful to see. And we were singing about the greatness of God this morning. And Jesus was ministering. The Holy Spirit was ministering to our heart and talking to us about that. And it's so beautiful to be able to see and encompass that and bring that in so that when we do come under pressure and different things are happening to us, we can just think about the beautiful greatness of God. How wonderful is that? He gives us that comfort all the time. So, um, and, yeah, it's just beautiful and that's a real comfort to us, I'm sure, as we're going through our daily walk with Jesus. Um, And I've got some verses here that I I wanted to share with you this morning. Um, The first one is from Hebrews Chapter 2, verse 9. And the thing, the thing about the magnificence and the greatness of God, and here's the little earth down there. We were watching a show the other night, Carol and myself, on BBC Earth. And men, man is always trying to find other living life forms, you know, on different planets. They're going to Mars and the moon and all these other sorts of places. And I said to Carol, they're never going to find any other life out there because we're it. This is God's creation. We're God's creation. So this is where it's all all going to be. It's going to be on the earth, not out there in, you know, outer space somewhere. And that's magnificent what men's trying to do, but they're searching in the wrong spot, aren't they? Yeah, they're, they're chasing the wrong things, you know, like Mars and Pluto and all these other places. Um... But what they're missing is, and they're spending all that money, is that they're missing that it's God's creation. So this is where we are here. There's no other life out there but here on the earth. And that's what God's done. He's set it up for us to be able to come to him. And one day we know the Lord's going to return. And in, when God was in, well, God is in heaven, 
His beautiful son Jesus was sitting at his right-hand side and Jesus was up there and, and um, Adam and Eve, they messed a few things up and Jesus, God asked Jesus or God asked Jesus to come and the beauty of that is that he did come. He came down to earth to be, take on um, humanity. So in Hebrews 2, chapter 9, it just says, but we see Jesus who was made a little lower than the angels, now crowned with glory and honour, because he suffered death, so that by grace, by the grace of God, he may taste death for everyone. Yeah. Oops. So... That is so incredible. Jesus was sitting in heaven with his father. He didn't have to leave heaven. He didn't have to leave that immortality. Um, but he was always and is always obedient to the father. So he was prepared to come to earth and take on human form. And we know how beautiful that is in what he did for us. And because of what Jesus was able to do through the cross, we had that ability now to uh, have salvation. He's conquered absolutely everything for us. He's conquered all the curses. He's rolled the stones back from graves. He's given us that chance to walk with him, to be an eternal um, brother and sister with him in his family. Um, Thank you, Lord. And with that, with that magnificence, I was thinking and wanting to express the majesty of God and we see that in his creation and everything that he's done. Um, So I've got some more verses. We'll go to Psalms. Psalm 8. And, of course, um, this is David, beautiful David. We love the Psalms, don't we? They're so magnificent, the word of God, inspired word of God, As Jeff said, David had a heart after the Lord. Um, So it's so special to be able to to go into the Psalms and and look at what David said as well. And Psalm 8, um, David says, O Lord our God, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. From the lips of children and infants you have ordained praise. And that's what we were doing this morning, praising God. How beautiful it is to be able to come into his presence and feel his presence too. His anointing, the things that he does for us, it's just so beautiful. Thank you, Lord. The lips of children and infants and ordained Christ because of your enemies to silence the foe and the avenger. Hallelujah, Lord. He will always do that. When we call on him, he will always silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, thank you, Lord. What is man that you are mindful of him, the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honour. You made him ruler over the works of your hands. You put everything under his feet, all flocks and herds and beasts of the field and the birds of the air and the fish of the sea. I just got to move my notes out. All that swim the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Hallelujah, Lord. And David is amazing. Like He's talking about Adam there, but he's also giving us a messianic message about Jesus. 
it's incredible, isn't it? Um, like David was uh, born and, and uh, about a thousand years before Jesus was born, but when he's he can see into the future, he could see that Jesus was coming. Hallelujah, Lord. Um, so Adam had dominion. We have dominion over the animals, um, in the sense that. We have got our cattle and sheep and all that sort of stuff. We have all that sort of thing that God's given us, but there's a greater, a greater thing coming for us. Hallelujah. <clears throat> I'll just go now to... Jump over here. Bear with me, guys. I'm using Carol's Bible that she gave me, and uh, it takes a little bit of driving. <laughs> but what, what Jesus did on the cross... For us, we, we know it's just so, so magnificent, so, so beautiful. But we've got this great promise that came from that. Um, and we see in the book of Revelation, um, I don't read Revelation very often, but there's this beautiful verse in there about the new Jerusalem coming down from heaven. Hallelujah, Lord. And in, in that, it's speaking about, um, I did not see a temple in the city at verse 22, because the Lord God, God Almighty and the Lamb are its temple. Hallelujah, Lord. The city does not need the sun or the moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and the Lamb is its lamp. Hallelujah. The Lord Jesus is the lamp. The nations will walk by its light, and the kings of the earth will bring their splendor into it. On no day will its gates ever be shut, for there will be, for there will be no light there. And what that is such a beautiful thing, what it's talking about is the incandescent light of Jesus Christ in the resurrected form, coming from heaven, coming to meet us, to take us up with him. So darkness will be gone. It will be totally, absolutely gone because of the incandescent light of Jesus. What he brings and what he will bring for us in the future, it's so beautiful and we're so thankful, Lord. Um, Thank you, Lord, for everything that you do for us. Thank you for your blessings that are never-ending. We just love you so much, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. And thank you for your word, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Quiet, that's better. As you would be aware, I love worship. Worship is my passion. Worship is, is my open door to step into the presence of God. Worship is something that has been a most important area of my life, I guess, since God touched me back in 95, I began to understand in worship that that is the place where you can hear the intimate things from God. We can all hear 
from the Word of God, from the preaching, but there's something different when we give our hearts over to worship. There is something, there is, there is a greater dimension opened to us in the realms of worship. If we can be a people who are seeking the Father's heart, we'd understand the Father is seeking those who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And to worship in the spirit is to present all you are to him in complete surrender and say, Lord, you are my everything. I surrender everything to you. I acknowledge you as my Lord, not just my Savior, but my Lord. And I allow you to direct my life in the way you have planned, what you've purposed, and I have found personally when I'm in worship, that is when I hear and see the plans of God. Now, God can show you things at any time, and he does quite often. But worship is a time when I have actually intentionally purposed to connect with him, to separate myself from every other thought and to be solely committed to worshiping him. No other motive but to tell him how much I love him. That's what I do when I go walking every morning. It doesn't bother me where I walk because I'm walking with him. But I walk into a realm where I begin to touch the presence of God while I'm praying and worshipping him. Now, if we learn the secret of worship and understand the intimate heart of God that he wants to reveal to us, then we're going to get so passionate about worship that we are going to be able to recognize another dimension that God is going to open up for his church. It's the most personal time. And while I was in worship this morning, I just felt so close to the heart of the Father. And out of that, I got a quickening on the song, All the Promises of God Are Yes and Amen. And I'm telling you to get ready for promises to be revealed, things you've had your heart set on, things that you know God has promised you, it's coming. We are coming into a realm of the Spirit of God, another dimension. Now, I've told you before about the dimensions of love when it talks about it in the Scriptures, the width, the length, the depth, the height, four dimensions. We're so much governed. It's nice to have visitors coming to the church, isn't it? 
There's a fourth dimension in the love of God. I wasn't planning on saying any of this, but anyway, we'll go with it. There's another dimension. God wants to bring you into the fourth dimension, the realm of love that's beyond the natural, supernatural dimension of the love of God, and I believe the connection is through worship. If we become a people of worship, we're going to start to walk in the realms of the Spirit, and God's going to start revealing things, visions, dreams, things that we can't even imagine. God's going to open up our realm of, of thought so we start to think like God. We actually start to connect with the thoughts of God. We have the mind of Christ. Let's use it. Let's connect. And so I heard very clearly that the promises, can I say they're being ramped up? We need to keep our hope up. We need to understand that hope has an energy. Hope will keep you going when all the opposition is coming against you. If you've got a solid hope in him, that will keep you. And that's why God gives visions and dreams and promises to strengthen us in the realm of the hope. And that hope keeps us firm on what we know is truth when everything else around us is trying to confuse us. But we've got the hope in the promise, in that word. Lord, you promised me. I told you before, I used to do it with my dad. If my dad said he was going to do something for me, I'd keep reminding him. Now, Dad, you promised me. I knew how to persuade my father. Some would call it nagging, but I call it persuasion. But the word says, God said in his word in Isaiah, put me in remembrance of what I've said. Let me know that you know what I said. Remind me of the promises. Get active in your hope and begin to realize there's something greater that God wants to bring you into. It's not, well, I hope it happens. <laughs> I'll tell you what, I've had my hope pumped so much in the last few months. I am so fired and ready to go. You watch what God's going to do. I've been telling you for a while, but I, it's, getting, it's, it's getting intensified. I can feel the fire again. The fire's been stoked, and I'm ready to go because God is going to reveal and bring into this house those who are hungry for truth, those who want the Word of God, those who are passionate for what God wants, and those who truly love Him with all their hearts. They're going to find such satisfaction and fulfillment. It'll be like heaven on earth. And that's exactly what it's supposed to be like. In the beginning, God created man to live forever. Like Chris said, Adam and Eve messed it up a little bit. Just a little. But their job was to bring heaven to earth. Grow the garden. Do you know you've got a garden to look after? It's your heart. And your heart is producing all the time. What's it producing? The Word of God or some other seed? 
What's predominant in your heart? Are you a diligent gardener? Do you make sure you get the weeds out before they become too big? I want to read some scriptures for you. In um, Mark chapter 4, I'm using the Passion Translation. In verse 24, Mark chapter 4, Jesus said, Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. Be diligent to understand the meaning. I don't understand that. Well, are you going to exercise a little bit of godly diligence in the Word and say, Holy Spirit, show me. I want to know the deeper things. I don't want to be a shallow Christian. I don't want to just be ankle deep. I want to start there, but I want to move on. I want to get out to the waves. Well, there's a wave coming. I've told you there's a wave coming. There's a wave coming. There's a wave coming. It's going to break very, very soon. And God told me once it breaks, it's going to keep rolling in. That wave is going to be a perpetual wave of the glory of God. We're going to say glory after glory after glory after glory. Once we hit that realm, we're never going to stop. The wave of glory is just rolling in. But you know, you can miss the wave. You can be just casually floating out there and miss it. You've got to recognize when it's coming and know what to do to catch the wave. I saw an army in the wave. God's preparing an army. (laughs) Let's stick with this one. Be diligent to understand the meaning behind everything you hear. For as you do, more understanding will be given to you. If you're hungry for God, you've got to start digesting the words you hear so that you get prepared and strong enough to handle some more. You've got to grow in the Word. You've got to grow in your strength. You've got to grow in the Spirit. You've got to grow in the things of God. And according to the depth of your longing to understand, much more will be added to you. So whose responsibility is it to grow in the things of God? So you've got things planted in your heart. What do you want growing in your heart? That's why it says be very diligent. The scripture talks about in this chapter earlier on, the greatest parable, the the mother of all parables, the sower and the seed. Do you know out of all those ground conditions, four ground conditions, only one produced the fruit. Seventy-five percent of the grounds did not produce the fruit. That's a fact, Jack. Why? Because the ground wasn't tended to properly. Same seed. 
The condition of the heart determines what you're going to produce in the kingdom that God has said, here it is. The kingdom of God. Jesus said the kingdom of God is within you. How does that happen? Comes in seed form. Just been talking about the seeds. Kingdom of God comes. The word of God is the seed planted in your heart. The kingdom of God is like a seed planted in your heart. The kingdom of God is within you. In that seed is the righteousness freely given. Didn't earn it, was it given? The righteousness, the peace, and the joy. If the enemy can steal your joy, you'll go for your peace. Don't let him get your joy. Let him be frustrated trying to get your joy. Be happy. If the Christians could just be happy, it would make a big change for the preacher. Be happy. Are you one of the 25%? All the ground received the same seed. What we do with our ground, what we do with our heart, according to, what did it say here? The diligence. Let me see. According to the depth of your longing, to understand, much more will be given. Are you hungry for the things of God? Or are you just a casual Christian? Just pop into church every now and then to see what's happening. Don't want to miss out. Got to have the fire assurance. It's much more than that. I'll try and stick with this one. Then it says, for those who listen with open hearts. Do you know a lot of people sit in church with a closed heart? Or an offended heart, which is almost as good. An offended heart is almost a closed heart, depending on who's preaching. What if God wanted to give you a word from a preacher you were offended with? Could you receive it? Could you humble yourself to receive a word from someone you're grumpy with? Just a thought. But those who didn't or don't listen with an open heart will lose will lose what little they think they have. Could that be like the hard heart that doesn't produce fruit? Same seed. Could it be like the stony ground? Little bit hard, little bit offended. Didn't know any of this was coming out, so if you're offended, I didn't try to do it, just coming out. Okay, so let's remember, we have the seed coming. 
We've got our own heart to look after. And God said to Adam, guard the garden. What did he mean? He said, keep your eyes out for the serpent. He's trying to get into the home. The home I've created for you, the, the enemy's trying to get in there with some flattery. Guard your heart. The little that they think they have. Oh, I'm saved, I'm going to heaven, I'm right, no problem. The little they think they have. Gee. Do I believe in one saved, always saved? It's a good question. Then he goes on to say, Jesus also told them this parable. God's kingdom realm is like someone spreading seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is within you. So the word is within you. The thoughts that come with the word are in you. The kingdom of God is God's way of doing things. Think of it that way. The kingdom of God is... God's way of doing things. So the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. Do you know the word righteousness originally was written as right wiseness? So the right wiseness ways of God is within you. Righteousness, peace, and joy. So it's in there. God's kingdom realm... It's like someone spreading seed on the ground. The kingdom of God is within you. And how is that kingdom expressed? Does anyone know the kingdom's in you? Do they see righteousness or right wiseness, the wisdom from above? Some people think they're wise in the ways of the world. God says it's foolishness. The right wiseness, the kingdom God, the word of God, the seed is in you. Are you looking after the seed? Are you treasuring the seed? Are you hungry for more seed? I've got enough seed, thank you very much. I'll see you next Christmas. What do you want? God says, I'm offering it all to you. It's all here for you. Everything that my son suffered on a cross for, to give you, it's all available to you and God is no respecter of persons. So the narked and the offended and the grumpy, they need to deal with their issues because Jesus died to give them everything. And if you're going to allow some offense or something stop you from receiving from Jesus, oh, I don't want to stop from receiving from Jesus. I love Jesus with all my heart. Yeah, well, if you look at the stories and the parables, Jesus talks about a process of how things come about. So this is a person with kingdom seed that they're sowing. The kingdom of God is as if a man sowed seed on the ground. 
Is this an offering message? If you want it to be. Oh, no, I don't want to hear about that. Okay, well, let's use another seed. There's plenty of them in here. Let's have a look. Then he goes to bed. After he's sown the seed, he goes to bed at night and gets up day by day, day after day. And the seed sprouts and grows tall, though he knows not how. All by itself, it sprouts and the soil produces a crop. First the green stem. This is how your faith grows. The seed comes in, first the green stem, then the head on the stalk, and then the fully developed grain in the head. Then when the grain is ripe, he immediately puts in the sickle to the grain because harvest time has come. Harvest time has come. Can I say it again? Harvest time has come. It is now, it is now, it is now. Let your hope rise. Any thought that does not inspire hope has its roots in a lie. Any thought that you have that's not bubbling hope within you, get rid of it because it's dirt in your bucket. Any thought, any thought that's not inspiring hope is not from God. That's a quick way to find out what's of God and what's not. <laughs> so he sows his seed and he sits up wonder, wondering and worrying about it all night. No, he goes to bed and sleep because he's got the kingdom seed in him, which is righteousness, peace and joy. Every person who sows seed expects something to happen. Little children expect it to happen by sunrise. Sometimes God in his mercy will bring a quick return for you because he wants to encourage his children. But generally speaking, it's going to take time. Is the process of faith growing. First the blade. First a little bit of what I hope is beginning to show. I'm seeing a little bit of my hope revealed. It's just a little bit starting to come up. Just a little bit. So the enemy comes along and tries to stamp on you. Has your hope just been dashed? No, no, no. I've got more confidence in the word of God than anything else. My hope is strong. My hope is active. My hope is energized. I've got some, you know, a seed has within it the power to actually push through impossible situations. 
It's amazing how a seed will break through a crack in concrete. Sometimes you feel like you've just had concrete put over you. Look out, here comes the power of the seed. I thought I'd fixed him. I absolutely buried him in concrete. Boop, up he comes. God just used the hammer to crack the concrete and up came the seed. <laughs> How's your hope? The energy of hope attracts breakthrough. Do you know hope has got an energy in it? It's like seed. It's got that, that germ of life in it. That's why I eat seeds. They've got life in them. They've got that, if you plant them, they'll grow. I found that if you plant a wheat bix, it doesn't grow. But if you plant seed, it'll grow. Most of the stuff you get from the supermarket won't grow. Does that tell you something? You, you just try planting half the stuff you bring home from the supermarket, see what happens. Just a little thought. The energy of hope. We've got to keep our hope active. How do we do that? All the promises of God are yes and amen. When you read the promise, hope immediately comes with the promise. How much are you going to grab a hold of that and say, that's mine, that's mine, God's provided it for me? And no devil's going to take it from me. And no Christian's going to take it from me. Because the enemy does use other people, you know. It's not always the horned people that are your problem. We better not go there. Well, okay, so what do I mean by there's a... There's a... <coughs> There's an energy in hope. What will, what will hope do? Hope will motivate you. Hope will move you. Hope, hope will make you go and buy your tomato plants because you want tomatoes in summer. I know I want tomatoes in January, so I've got to go out and get some in October and put them in the ground. Why do I, what is, it's the hope of the tomatoes in summer that caused me to go and buy the tomato plants in October and put them in the ground. Because I know if I look after them, I'm going to have nice tomatoes in January. This is what hope is. It's the promise of fruit. What's God promised us? Fruit. You're going to be fruitful. Can you see yourself as Fruitful. Can you see yourself in God's picnic basket? Now we've got another story going. God wants to provide for you. 
the very best he has. Why would the scripture says, why would he withhold anything when he's already given you Jesus? He's already given you heaven's best. Anything else is secondary. Is your hope starting to bubble a little bit now? Come on, all the promises that you've had in your heart, God wants to birth that thing in you. Hope is like that, that, that part of the seed that is always there, waiting, 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 patiently, put it in the ground, it's going to come up. My faith, I've done, I've actually acted on what I've heard and I'm going to see some fruit. So I planted, my, I planted some tomato plants a couple of weeks ago. The next morning had a bit of frost. The next morning. We hadn't had a frost for yonks. You know what yonks are? Hadn't had frost. So I'll go and get a tomato plant and put them in. White frost the next morning. My poor little tomato plants. But I encouraged them. I went and talked to them. You're going to be all right. You're going to be fine. And they're, and they're coming along. Got them little flowers coming. My hope, my hope has just been bubbling a little bit more. The flowers are coming. What? I know what's coming. Whoa, that just reminded me of something I saw not so long ago. I saw a branch. Spiritual, I'm talking now. I saw a branch, a vision. I saw a branch and it was covered with pink blossom. The fruit's coming. We are, we're going to see the fruit. And it's God's fruit. I have been waiting so long. And I could keep you here for a long time telling you about it. But we are coming into harvest. Get ready. Get your combine ready. We're going to start reaping a harvest like we've never seen because we've been faithfully doing the work of God and we trust Him. We've been resting in the work of God, but we are going to see the harvest. It's going to be the realms of glory like we've never seen before and you're going to get touched by the power of God. God's going to energize you with the hope. He's going to renew your strength. Because he promised it in his word. As my days are, so shall my strength be. Come on, you've got to start using the word of God. Not the doctor's report. God's report. Well, you've got to expect it. You're getting old. Don't give me that rubbish. Get another doctor. I'm not kidding you. I am very serious. If you've got Dr. Death, find someone else. What's he ministering to you? Is he giving you hope? So I've got my tomato plants in the ground. What do I do? I water them. I water them and then I feed them. 
I don't put too much feed in too quick. You've got to just do it slowly. Okay? Feed them a little bit at a time. A little bit at a time. Feed them too much, they get heartburn. And I guard the plants. I'm really nice to my tomato plants. I speak nicely to them. I go and pinch out little bits I don't want. Just the little side shoots that I don't want. Just pinch it out so the fruit will come. So what's all that mean? Okay, the water of the word. You've got the thing planted in your heart. You need to promise to be watered. You keep speaking the word of God over it. You keep thanking God for the promise. You keep saying, Lord, now you told me. I didn't ask for it. You told me. And I've got a promise from the one who cannot lie. Put me in remembrance of what I've said. Lord, you said and you cannot lie, so it must come to pass. I can see some little smiles on people's faces. Maybe there's a little bit of hope that something God said you might actually happen. Up to you. Not God's problem, not God's fault. He said in his word what he will do. He will not change his word. His word cannot fail. His word will bring to the past what he's promised. If God's told you something about your children, keep reminding him. If God's told you something about your parents, keep reminding him. If God's given you something to put hope into, put all your hope into it. No such thing as false hope in God. No such thing. Does not exist. So you water it, you feed it. Come on, you keep feeding it. You keep feeding it. Sometimes I feel like I'm force feeding people. People can only take as much as they can. You try to force feed a child and see what happens. Boy, have I had to be patient. But I'm running out of... Well, no, I'm sorry, Lord. I'm not running out of patience. I'm just getting very excited about what's coming. I have great expectation and great anticipation. Let it come, Lord. I've been reminding him. I tell you what, I've been telling him, Lord, it's time. Come on. Coming to church this morning, I was praying in the car. I got a little bit excited. I got a little bit loud too. But I told him, Lord, it's time. Now, come on. Could you place a demand on your father God? I used to do it with my dad all the time. What did Abraham do to God? Lord, don't strike me, but, you know, <laughs> we are friends. You've just got to guard your heart. You have got to watch out for the pests. A lot of things in the garden that you didn't put there, but as a result of where we're at, and if you like, blame Adam and Eve, but there's a few bugs and pests around that aren't necessarily good for your fruit. So you've got to decide what sort of fruit you want. 
and be really determined. Lord, you've promised me fruit. I could tell you a story, but I won't. Not on that one. Take me too long. Verse 28, first the blade, then the head, finally the grain, finally the harvest, finally. I feel like finally is coming, finally. Maybe it's because I'm getting older. God, we're running out of time. No, no problem there. You told me you'd strengthen me. As my days are, so shall my strength be. I'm going to run into my promise and I'm not going to be crippled. You won't be wheelchairing me into my promises. Not going to happen. Well, you can't say, yes, I can. I can say whatever I want. And if I've got the word to back it up, Oh, but you don't give me that stuff. If it doesn't inspire hope, don't come to me with it. Or you might be offended. Because I will not accept anything that does not inspire the word of God that is put in my heart. And I have... Let me just say, my, my words are not without, substance, that's probably the best word to use. I'm speaking to you, maybe I'm speaking in parables to you, I don't know, because I know what I know, but I know. We are coming into a, a greater expression and experiential knowledge of the church and the partnership that God's raising up right now. But I'll tell you more about that later. And just one other thought. Very, very soon, I'm going to preach on the fivefold church. I've had the notes in my computer for five years. But now it's time to get it out. It's coming. And I've got substance to back it up. But I'll tell you about that later. I'll tell you, I'm just bubbling with stuff at the moment. But first of late, all right? The little bit of, of the hope, Lord, isn't possible. Well, if you, I was going to say, if you get up off your butt and go and buy the things, you can do it. But you don't say that in church, do you? No. Good. I should have checked that with Tim first. He sorts things out, though. <laughs> I mean, when I talk about throwing the... throwing the power cord in the bath to get a bit of activity going. He has to get up and, he has to get up and straighten out. Don't go, don't go and throw your hair dryer in the bath. Jeffrey was only joking. You reckon? The way I'm feeling at the moment, that's just what I feel like doing. Come on. 
get the, get the, I was going to say taser, but that wouldn't help. <laughs> Just, I think the prod is coming out a bit this morning. Oh, Jeffrey. I felt that. There are stages or, or growths in the kingdom into maturity. And how do we get into that place? We stay hungry. We keep reminding God of the promises. But when we plant our seed, we, we rest. The man went to sleep. He went to bed at night. He didn't know how it was going to happen. He just knew the power of a seed. That's all you need to know. The power of the seed God has given you and rest and let him produce it. There are too many Christians fighting the devil. That's another story. There's a scripture in the Bible, in James, I think it's 3.18. It says, what does it say? The fruit of righteousness. What's, what's in the kingdom? Righteousness, peace and joy. The fruit of that righteous seed that's in you, the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. What's the kingdom? Righteousness, peace and joy. We're going to learn to rest in the finished work of the cross Trust God knows what he's doing. Keep reminding him so that we don't miss out. Keep ourselves encouraged in the word of God. Keep edifying ourselves because sometimes it's hard to find anyone else who'll do it. David had to encourage himself. With all the great people he had around, he had to encourage himself. Looks like we're moving into something else in the church, doesn't it? <laughs> we're going to have a bit of to and fro and going on. <laughs> Next, we'll be voting on the preacher. Putting up cards. Ten, five, one. Come on, look, if, 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 you, if, you, if, you, if you could, if you could just see my heart, if you could just feel, I hope you're feeling something. I hope something's bubbling in you because God's going to plug you in to all heaven's resources if you just begin to worship him with a whole heart. Just surrender, Lord, I love you. I don't know how you're going to do it. I've got a thousand ways it can't happen. but I trust you. Lord, we just love you. We want to say thank you for everything you've given us. Lord, it's way beyond what we ever expected, but we know your mercy is new every day. So we've got a fresh supply of your mercy every day, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy, your grace, 
your compassion, and all your promises, Lord, you said yes. So, Lord, we take a hold of that promise that you've given, and we declare it shall be according to the word of God. Let it be unto me according to your word, O Lord. Help me to rest in the finished work, knowing for a confidence I've got that seed, I've planted that seed, I'm watering that seed, I'm feeding that seed, I'm guarding my ground, and all things are working together for the good that you promised me, Lord, and I'm so excited. I'm going to hold on to my joy, I'm going to let my hope bubble, and I'm going to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. Thank you, Lord, for your goodness. Amen and amen. So we're going to have communion now, so if you'd like to... Get your elements, if you haven't got them already, they're stationed around the back. So the question I had for us today is, what does it look like? What is the power of a resurrected life? And I think we've already had the answer to that this morning (laughs) in the word that's come. Um, But I just wanted to read some scriptures out of um, Peter, 1 Peter one, uh, and I'm reading it out of the uh, Passion Translation as well. And it says, Celebrate with praises the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has shown us his extravagant mercy. Love that. For his fountain of mercy has given us new life. We are reborn to experience a living energetic, we heard about that today, let's get excited, energetic hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, which is what we're um, celebrating this morning with communion. We are reborn into a perfect inheritance, which what we've, the fruit is the inheritance, isn't it? That can never perish, can never be defiled, And never diminish. It is promised and preserved forever in the heavenly realm for you. And that's what we've heard over time about bringing heaven down um, to earth. And, And so it is. It's promised and preserved in the heavenly realm. And it's our responsibility because we have the hope in us of the fruit that's coming that we can bring heaven down. So when people look at us, they see, um, they see righteousness, peace and joy. <laughs> it's the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? And it's been said before, you can, you know, it's a good measure to look, in, look inwardly and see um, how are we going? How much joy do we have? Um, how much peace do we have or are we all concerned and worried and what's coming out of our mouths um, as far as that's concerned because righteousness, peace and joy is a measure of how spiritual we are. And so, um, yes, so verse 5 says, Through our faith, the mighty power of God constantly guards us until our full salvation is ready to be revealed 
in the last time. And I actually found this so comforting. I'll just read that scripture again. Through our faith, so it's this. Through our faith, the mighty power of God, it's what raised Jesus from the dead, the mighty power of God constantly guards us. So if you ever, has the enemy ever whispered to you, you've come this far all this time and maybe you're not going to make it? <laughs> Have you ever heard that whisper? It's a lie from the pit. And um, <laughs> because it says here, the power of God constantly guards us. And so we have to make sure that our shield of faith is up. <laughs> and so, and, and God has promised, it's one of the promises, yes and amen, that he will protect us. I found myself saying, don't let me go, Jesus, don't let me go. And, and um, I realised that that's the wrong prayer. <laughs> because he's promised he's not going to let me go. And, and so he constantly guards us until our full salvation. So we're saved, but our full salvation is ready to be revealed in the last time and we're, this is what's coming. And then it goes on to say, if you want to read it, um, it goes on to say, jump for joy, because lately you've had to put up with a lot of trials. <laughs> it says, but jump for joy, for this is coming. And uh, in verse 10, it says, For this reason, beloved ones, be eager to confirm and validate that God has invited you to salvation and claimed you as his own. Claimed you as his own. If you do these things, you will never stumble. That's a really strong... That's your anchor in, isn't it? <laughs> That's the anchor is so deep. And um, you will never stumble. And as a result, the kingdom's gates will open wide to you as God choreographs your triumphant entrance into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus, the Messiah. And that's what this has made way for. <laughs> Amazing. And, and when I was reading that, I, um, it reminded me of the 23rd Psalm where it says that he provides a feast in the middle of the, with the enemy watching. And, uh, and, and we're safe no matter what is roaring out there. That's, that's what I've had to put my anchor down deep. <laughs> because if we're watching the news or whatever... And, you know, we're seeing what's happening, which has been prophesied that that's exactly why are we surprised. But the thing is, we're safe. There, and, and that picture in the 23rd Psalm of us feasting, and, and the enemy's watching it. And he's watching the favour that <laughs> he's upset because he's watching the favour that God is putting on his people. And, and, and they're protected and they're guarded and, you know, and the enemy's watching it all happen and he's trying the best he can. But he can't penetrate it because it's God's guarding it. 
He's guarding, and we're told to guard our hearts. That's our responsibility. Just guard your heart. Make sure there's no offence. Um, and, and we have to continually do that, don't we? We have to continually make sure that there's no offence. And, um, and, you know, I think sometimes, like David said, you know, show me the secret sins. You know, show me. If there's anything in there, show me. Because we want to walk softly before God. But he's made it possible because of this. So would you like to stand and we'll just take the elements today? Lord, we just thank you for what you've done for us. We thank you that you love us so much that you protect us and you and you protect the seed that's been sown and that you're so jealous over your seed and you want all the seed to <laughs> to bring forth fruit. <laughs> that's your desire, but it's up to us to have a soft heart. And Lord, we just stand before you today and we just ask that you help us. Help us to keep our, guard our hearts, keep it soft before you, Lord. Show us if there's anything that needs to be forgiven. <laughs> if there's a root of anything, Lord, show us so we can dig it out and get rid of it. And Lord, we just thank you for your body that was broken for us and the healing that's in that and we thank you in Jesus name let's partake thank you Jesus and the life is in the blood and we thank you Lord for your life that as we step out this week, Lord, we have your blood flowing right through us, the life flowing right through us. And we just thank you, Lord, that you give us everything that we need for life and godliness. And you promised it. Yes and amen. Thank you, Lord. Let's partake. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, good. Wowzers, that's loud. What a great morning. I am just going to wrap up with some quick announcements. We're back to our usual um, interim events. So uh, tomorrow morning I will be out the front making coffee for our um, school parents um, if you are free and want to jump past and grab a coffee and stand around and chat to some of our school parents, that would be fantastic. It's between 8.30 and about 9.30 we have coffee. We have playgroup tomorrow morning for young families. So if you've got a young kid and you want to be in playgroup, come into this space tomorrow morning at 9.30. And then Tuesday is nothing. Because it's nothing. Because Thursday 
is our men's group. So Thursday night this week is our men's group. It's at Steve and Catherine's at Grant Street. So if you don't know where that is, um, see Steve or Catherine. Uh, but that's at 7.30 Thursday. Wednesday night is our prayer meeting here. Um, I'd encourage you to get along 7.30 to 8.30. Uh, we have a great time every week in that prayer meeting. Um, so make sure you are here. Friday, we have youth. We're back to a full youth schedule as well. So youth is back. Um, we are growing our youth space considerably at the moment and we will into the new year as well. So if you are free on a Friday afternoon after lunch, um, even if you don't want to work with young people, but you can cut things out, you can help me move stuff around, all of those kind of things, Run up and down stairs is a prerequisite, apparently. Um, but if you are available on a Friday, even if it's a one-off, I would love um, some assistance because we are growing and we need to grow our leadership with that. So that's Friday. Um, a couple of things on this afternoon. Who's coming to... Um, I don't think it's the last week. I think we've got one more week, but it's, it's the parenting thing today. Who's coming? Amazing. Um, so go get yourself some lunch, come back. If you have uh, given us an expression of interest that you would like to come on a missions trip to Fiji in March, you need to hang around now, please, for a quick meeting up the back to give you some details. Is that okay? Ladies, Thursday morning in here, 9.30. Fantastic. Prayer meeting for the school on Thursday before before the women's meeting. Is that good? Wowzers. We're here every day, except Tuesday. <laughs> but we're here Tuesday as well. <laughs> Have a great week. Bless your stacks. If you want prayer for anything, there'll be a team here to do that. Otherwise, we will see you next week.